This morning, we're going to continue with our teaching from last week. Anybody remember what we were talking about last week? You may not know the title, but just shout whatever you remember. Shout it back. Shout it out. What did you remember? Huh? What, what are you pointing to? <laughs> are you cheating? <laughs> huh? Phrase Tim, do you want to go? Really? No, uh-uh. I love having them here. Thank you for reminding me. Let's thank God for the Phrase Tim. Awesome people. God bless you. Thank you. I thought he was cheating, but he was helping me. All right. Last week we talked about activating your promise with what? Prayer and warfare. Amen. For the sake of time, I won't go into details, but I remember that we landed on a scripture in Exodus, a, 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 a portion of scripture in Exodus 17 from verse 8 to 13 in HCSB. Remember that battle in Rephidim? If you were not here, you need to get that tape because it's so hard to go back. There's just too much in it. But listen to the podcast on our, on our um, website. But remember this particular scripture we were talking about when Moses had to overcome the Amalekite and he sent Joshua to go fight. But God had already told him to stretch out his rod. And if he stretched out his rod, anytime the rod was up, Israel will win. If his hands grew weary and the rod went down, the enemies would win. And that happened until some guys wised up. Their names, Aaron and Hur, they thought, you know what? We get it now. Moses is the one who's going to get this thing done because the power of God is in the rod. So they went and gave him a comfortable seat. He sat down and then they supported his hand so that the rod of God could remain up so that Israel could win. And as long as the rod was up, Israel won. And they did win that particular fight. Amen. But we're feeding off of our open heavens theme, which was nothing they have imagined will be impossible to them. And we spoke about the fact that God came down in Genesis to look at what the children of men were doing. They were building this big tower and they wanted it to reach into the heavens and they wanted to remain as one people so they will not be scattered. And that was not in alignment with God's will. So God came, looked at it, and we also said that if God who is in heaven, who sees everything, should leave and come down to look at you, you are not in good shape. You really don't want God to come down and look at what you're doing. Because he already sees it. So you are almost in trouble by the time you're hearing all the horns blaring and the angels moving. And there you are and you say, oh no, something is up and it ain't good. Anyway, he came and he scattered them. So even though God said in that same portion of scripture, nothing they have imagined will be impossible to them. That particular project fell through because God scattered them. Amen. Yesterday, July 20th, was the celebration, the 50th celebration or anniversary of what? Of what? 
moon landing when a human actually walked upon the moon. Come on, people. Uh-uh. We're very savvy. We know what's going on, don't we? You need to listen to the news. <laughs> it's been all over the news for days and weeks now. Yesterday, we celebrated the fact that Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, and Buzz Aldrin all went out from Earth, and Neil Armstrong did one step for who? And one giant step for? Oh, Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. <sighs> okay, all right, okay. I'm going to leave it alone. Okay, so we celebrated it. No human had ever done that until then. They imagined it. John F. Kennedy, the president, in 1962 or no, 61 had said that we will land a man on the moon and everybody sniggers like it can never be done. Eight years later, Neil Armstrong walked upon the moon. They imagined it. It happened. They had several missions, but since 1972, if I'm correct, no man has walked on the moon. Our current president, President Trump, has yet again said that we are going to the moon. So there's a lot of busyness in NASA. You imagine it, it can happen. But what we're saying is that there are unseen forces. You may imagine it and it may not happen, not because you do not have the capability to let it happen or make it happen, not because you're not smart enough, but because there are unseen forces. But we said if you can get into the place of prayer, you can actually get all your dreams realized. Every God-given dream can be realized. And so when we spoke about that battle in Exodus 17, we said, as long as they took God's instruction and Moses held out the rod, it will be well, they will win. So that's where we kind of ended. I want us to go to Daniel 10. We're going to read quite a few scriptures. This is the last part of this message, so I might take a little bit more time than I would, but it won't be long still. Daniel 10, verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, let's read it in the HCSB, thank you. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar. The message was true and was about a great conflict. He understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks. I didn't eat any rich food. No meat or wine entered my mouth, and I didn't put any oil on my body until the three weeks were over. And that's where abundant life got its Daniel fast, this 21-day Daniel fast from, where Daniel here was praying for three full weeks. It wasn't a full fast, like he ate nothing, but he told us what he did not eat. No rich food, no meat, no wine, and so on. He didn't even put oil on his body. He was fasting. Verse 4, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there was a man dressed in linen with a belt of gold from Uphaz around his waist. Now watch the description of this man. His body was like topaz. I don't know what. I know it's precious stone, but I've never seen it. His body was like topaz. His face like the brilliance of lightning. His eyes like flaming torches. His arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze. 
and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. Another version says, and his voice was like the roar of a crowd. He speaks and you think this huge crowd is speaking. So he had a thunderous voice. And his eyes, his face was like lightning. And his eyes were like gleaming, was like fire. And I bet he was humongous. He comes to Daniel in verse 7 and he speaks to him. Oh, only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men who were with me did not see it, but a great terror fell on them and they ran and hid. I was left alone looking at this great vision. No strength was left in me. My face grew deathly pale and I was powerless. Because it was seen this thing he'd never seen before. Verse 10, suddenly a hand touched me and raised me to my hands and knees. He said to me, Daniel, you are a man treasured by God. Understand the words that I am saying to you. Stand on your feet, for I have now been sent to you. And he said this to me, and I stood trembling. After, after he said this to me, I stood trembling. And he said to him, don't be afraid, Daniel. I, I know I look very unusual, like an alien, but don't be afraid. <laughs> for from the first day, and this is where I'm going. From the first day that you purposed to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your prayers were what? They were heard. I have come because of what? Can you look up and read with me? I have come because of? He prayed. He started praying 21 days earlier. From minute one, from the first second he prayed. The Bible says his prayers were heard. This being who really is an angel got to Daniel 21 days later. 21 days later. But he wanted Daniel to be reassured that it wasn't that God was playing around, fooling around. God heard him. And that same day, God sent this angel. I believe that this is angel Gabriel because a few chapters before Gabriel had come and they mentioned his name. There are only four angels, the names of four angels mentioned in scripture. Angel, Gabriel, angel, Michael, angel, and there's an angel called Abaddon and one called Apollyon. Only four mentioned. But the Bible helps us to understand that there are millions of angels. But this particular one comes. They didn't mention it in this part. But a few chapters before, Gabriel had come several times to see Daniel. So I kind of feel this is Gabriel. And the Bible gives us a description of what he looks like. Because sometimes you wonder, what do they look like? That's what one of those angels look like. And their voices are like a roar of a crowd. This particular one. And he comes and he says, since the day you started praying, we heard. God heard and he sent me. And I came because you prayed. Okay. So we know that. Verse 13. This is where warfare starts. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, what did he do for 21 days? Uh, can you see? Okay. Help me out here. Don't be silent, church. Opposed me for how long? Okay. When did God hear the prayer? 
Day what? Day one. When did God send an answer in response to the prayer? When did the angel get there? Day, day 21. Are you following me? Why did he get there on day 21? Opposition. The prince of Persia is not a human. The prince of Persia, remember last week, we spoke about the different, the hierarchy in the kingdom of Satan. Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Remember? So you have to go back and listen to that podcast. Because it's hard to build on it if you don't remember it or if you are not here. This was a prince over the region of Persia and was under Satan, directly reported to Satan and was given all the kingdoms and nations around Persia. He said, I would have gotten here 21 days ago and if you read, I, I don't have time to go into it, but if you read the other instances when Gabriel came in, this same Daniel, the minute he would say, whilst I was yet speaking, he appeared. Angels move faster than the speed of light. It doesn't take them that long to get here if the Lord wants to send them. Gabriel does not live in this area. Gabriel continuously stands in the presence of God. I know because he was sent to Zechariah in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, Zechariah was doubting and he was saying, how do I even know that this thing you are saying will happen? And Gabriel got so mad at him, said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. How dare you? <laughs> I added the how dare you because it makes it sound good. But, but that's the whole connotation of what he said. He says, I, and that's why his eyes is like, his face is like lightning because he continuously beholds the glory of God. Moses was in God's presence for 40 days. And the Bible says when he came out, they had to drape a cloth over his face because people could not look at him directly because of the glory of God. And so the description here says that this angel had his face like lightning. And it's hard to look at lightning directly. And so he says, but I was coming the minute the Lord, uh, God said, go and tell Daniel what he, he doesn't need to pray for 21 days. Answer him this minute. And he was going. Then he got opposition. And the opposition was from the prince. Of the kingdom of Persia. This is not the king of Persia. This is the prince. The principality. The demon prince that reports in hierarchy directly to Satan. Has dominion or has responsibility is a better word. For those nations in that region. He says he opposed me for 21 days. Then Michael one of the chief princes. So I told you four angels named in the Bible. Michael is another one. And if we want to know more about Michael, if you go to Revelations, actually better, Jude 1, 9. There's only one chapter in Jude. Jude chapter 1, verse 9. Michael is described as the archangel. Okay? Not doing 
teaching on angels today, but it's very important that you understand this. So, so Michael is an archangel. Gabriel probably is an archangel, but the Bible doesn't tell us specifically. But he continuously stands in the presence of God. So remember the hierarchy I was telling you that God has his own servants, spiritual spirit servants, and these are angels. And they're different categories of angels. Cherubim, seraphims, they're different. This particular one is Gabriel, or this angel, not named in this. And he was sent and he was withheld in the heavenlies by the principality over the nations in Persia. And the archangel Michael came and helped him. Are we following still? Okay, go back to Daniel. So we, I just went to Jude 1.9 so you know who he is, who Michael was, or is. He's still here. Verse 14, now I have come to help you understand what will happen to your people. Now going all the way to Daniel 10.20. So the angel explains everything to Daniel, what was going to happen, answered his questions. And as he was going, he said, do you know why I have come to you? Verse 20. Now, so he's like, so do you understand all the things you want to know now? Okay. He said, and now I must return to fight with the prince, prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed the prince of Greece will come. So see all these principalities now. They're all there fighting. You can't see them. But they're there. And warfare is happening in the realm of the spirit. And I want to bring it to your attention. Because when you have dreams and when you have things that you believe God has given you, you can't sit down there lying still expecting that, oh, it'll happen. No, there are forces that you do not see. They will happen, though, if you take your place. Amen. So he says, now I'm going back. I'm going to have to fight with the same prince again. He says, another prince of Greece will come. Then verse 21, but I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. Then he says, no one upholds me against these princes except Michael, your prince. That's the second time he's talking about Michael. Michael, the archangel, is the angel that has responsibility for the nation of Israel. Specifically. For the nation of Israel. Anyone ever heard of the six day war? When Israel fought against maybe five or six nations all from around. And they were going to wipe them out. In okay. All right. It did happen. Believe me it did. Okay. Israel beat all of them. They could not take till this day. It's not because Israel is so strong. In fact, they're a very small nation in the midst of a lot of hostile forces. But they got Archangel Michael as the angel responsible for them. So in this case, the vision that Daniel was kind of wrestling with that he had seen and he didn't have an understanding of and he was praying about was about the nation of Israel. And God needed Daniel to pray so that things had to happen. God had told them 
70 years Israel will be in captivity because of their sins. And this was maybe 69 and a half. And they were there. Daniel was part of them. So he must have been maybe in his 90s or almost 90 years at this age. And he's saying, God, I read it. We're supposed to go back home. When is it going to happen? So he starts to pray. He starts to seek God. And God starts to send him angelic visitations to explain what was going to happen. But one of the reasons where things were not moving as they were was that there was a prince over Persia, over the kings, Cyrus and Nebuchadnezzar, all the different kings. And they were stopping this prophecy from happening. Even though God Almighty had said, 70 years you'll be in captivity, then you will go back to your nation. There were some demonic forces. It's called the Prince of Persia, Prince of Greece. They were all there. Angelic, satanic rulers. Not under the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of the devil. And they were trying to stop this from happening. And so Gabriel was sent, or the angel was sent. And Michael, who is the prince or the angel assigned to the nation of Israel, had to come help this angel so that he can get through. It looks like a movie, isn't it? It is a movie in the spirit. It is actually happening. And a lot of these movies are happening in each life. Everything is going on in your life, but you cannot see it. And that is why you cannot be prayerless because the time that Daniel spent in prayer, remember that scripture, James 5, 16 in the Amplified. Can you put it up there? James 5, 16, Amplified. The B part, the earnest, heartfelt, continued. Daniel was not supposed to pray for 21 days, but there was demonic interference. So he had to continue the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. And as he prayed and he prayed, Michael had to come. God will send angelic help. He will double, multiply as many forces as are needed to get your dream to come through if you will stay in prayer. And that's why Luke 18.1 says, let's read Luke 18.1. Luke chapter 18 verse 1 says, men ought to always pray and not to give up, not faint. Men ought to always pray and not to turn coward. Don't faint. Don't lose heart and don't give up. Because as you are praying, you are releasing. You are activating power. And that power is causing things to happen. Even though you can't see. That's why when people talk to me, I say, God is walking. How many people here have I ever told you God is walking? God is walking. Because you can't see it. Don't take your foot off the pedal. Don't take your foot off the accelerator. Keep it there. Keep praying. Keep speaking. Keep insisting. God has given it to me. It is mine. It has to respond. It's not maybe or mm, no. It has to. Now, whatever heaven needs to do is none of your business. 
Yours is yours. Say, Father, it is mine. You give it to me. My name is on it. From the first day I prayed. And I'm not going to live here until I see what I'm waiting for. And that's why sometimes fasting and praying, there was a scripture Jesus said. Remember when that boy with the epileptic seizure and the disciples could not cast him out in Mark 8? And they said, after Jesus cast out the devil out of this boy, the disciples came back to him and said, Lord, why couldn't we cast out this demon? And the Lord said, this kind does not go out except by fasting and praying. So sometimes you need to add a little oomph to your prayer with fasting. So if you really like your mashed potatoes, sometimes you just need to put it, even for one day, put the mashed potatoes to this side. The gravy put on the other side. Clear the table. Put yourself in position and say, Lord, I don't care what forces you need to put together. I'm not living here until I get this done. Food, don't worry, we'll come back to you. As for now, we are getting this done. Daniel did that. He wasn't supposed really to do it for 21 days. Because the first day he prayed, it was already done. But the forces... And the reason you stay in there is because you want to keep your foot on the gas. Amen. So that's one of the things I want to emphasize today. Why you keep praying. Because the devil sets up these things to try to frustrate us. And some people pray up until day 19. And then they lose heart and then they give up. And the angel was almost here. Just two more days. Just two more days. You have done day one, day two, day three, day three, day four. You have done it day 18, day 19. <sighs> mm, mm, mm. I don't know this God. I don't think he's answering. Let's move on to the next prayer point. No! Are you moving on to the next prayer point? Have you collected what you went there to collect? What's wrong with you? Get your, get your spine up now. Where are you going? Did you get it? So why are you going away? Did you collect it? Is it in your hand? Don't let me go on my Nigerian voice on you. What's wrong with you? Do you have it? Why are you leaving it? Is it in your hand? Don't let me come down there. Why? You are almost there. He's, it's almost in your hand. Why are you backpedaling? What is the matter? Stay there and collect it. Come on now. Don't chicken out. Let me calm down. Let me pull it down. <laughs> Ephesians 6.13 says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. King, King James says, And having done all to do what? 
To do what? King James. And having done all to do what? To chicken out, to turn around, to go away, to give up. And say these things, they don't even walk. They talk and preach about this all the time. I don't know what they're talking about. It works for everybody but me. Because you said it, that's exactly how it will be. It will work for everybody but you. Because with your mouth, you insisted that it won't work for you. Why would that be the case? If it's working for your sister and your brother, why would God not want it to work for you? That is not right. God is not unfair. He says, when you get there, stand. Stand and fight. Stand. The Amplified said, having done all the crisis demands, stand firmly in your place. Stand. Stand. Shake your neighbor and say, you don't have it yet. Stand. That's not how to shake. You're just tapping them. Why are you just tapping there? This is what I'm saying. Be violent. Shake them. And if you have no neighbor, you are sitting too far away from somebody. Stand and fight. Don't be lily-livered. Don't be spaghetti-legged. Do you know they're spaghetti-legged Christians? You can't see them, but I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but they're just wobbly like this. Come on, stand. What's wrong with your spiritual spine? Get up. Stand up. Tell the devil to go to hell. You know that's where he's going? <laughs> go to hell. You know, we don't really swear or curse, but this is one good place to curse. Go to hell. Oh, I love saying that. Woo, nice. Go to hell. First Corinthians 6.13. I'm wrapping this up. Watch ye stand fast in the faith. I want this in the King James because it always tickles me. Watch ye stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. Watch ye stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. Watch. Be continually on your guard. Stand fast in the faith. Keep your rank. You are a soldier in the army of the Lord. Keep your rank. Stand. Brother Bill, you, you, you were in the U.S. Army, weren't you? Do people just chicken out and just, when the enemy is coming against you, you just say, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. When people turn around and turn their backs on the enemy, guess what's going to happen? One, they'll be shot, they'll die. And then they will lose the battle for the whole. He says, stand, don't be spaghetti-legged. Have a spine. Tell your neighbor, have a spiritual spine. Keep your rank. Don't retreat. Behave like men. Do not flinch. Do not flinch. He gives you one blow and says, that's the best you can do. Shake it off and get up. Remember we said last week is methodia. The devil comes against you systematically. Systemat if he tries this one, it doesn't work. He tries another one. 
If it's your marriage, he feels there's a weak link, he'll hit it. If it's not your marriage, if it is your bank account, if it's a weak link, he'll hit it. He'll come against you. And he studied you. The spirits assigned to you from the pit of hell, know you. they know you very well. So if they hit you, this one doesn't take you down there coming from this end. But the Bible says you stand anyway. You don't give up. If God says you are healed, guess what? That's the end of the story. You resist the enemy. You press forward. You keep walking. You keep pushing through. One day you'll have it in your hand. There's an example. David's mighty men. He had 30 mighty men, but I'm just going to talk about one. 2 Samuel 23 verse 11. 2 Samuel 23 verse 11. There's a man called Shammah. <laughs> the Shammah son of Agi. HCSB. Let's read it in HCSB. Shammah son of Agi. So they were in this war. The Philistines had assembled in formation where there was a field full of lentils. Just lentils. What are lentils? They're like beans, aren't they? I mean, I know they're tiny little. Just, this is just a field. The Philistines had assembled in formation where there was a field full of lentils. The troops, that is the Israel, Israelites, they ran away from the Philistines. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck down the Philistines. For he did not leave. It was just lentils. Everybody in the army ran away. But Shammah said, you will not take this field. It is ours. We are not giving it up. He was the only one. And he killed all of them. That's what you do. When everybody around you is lily-livered and spaghetti-legged, you stand anyway. You stand until you get what you are standing there for. Amen. Amen. Don't give up. Don't give in. Amen. There is so much else to say, but I'm going to wrap it up here. Maybe, maybe you need to hear this one. Remember in 1 Samuel 17, David was against Goliath. And when he got there in verse 43, the Philistine Goliath was so mad at him because he'd been talking to the Israelite army for 40 days. He said, I am Goliath. He was a giant about nine feet tall, huge. And he said, anybody who can fight me, if you, if, you, if you are able to kill me, then you win this battle. I don't, this part I always don't understand. Goliath determined the terms of engagement. Why? There was this huge army from the Philistines, and there's this huge army from the Israelites. Shouldn't both of them run against the other? Whoever can kill the most wins. This man comes and determines. If you can kill me, then you win. Says who? Rush the guy and kill him and take him out. Who said there's only one person that can kill him? If one of you can't kill him in an army where you have a good commander, they say, well, one of us can't handle him, but I bet if we drum, drop a, a bomb like we did in Hiroshima on him, he will be gone. Do something. Just kill the guy. 
And 40 days he keeps coming out. I am Goliath. If you can kill me, then you win. Says who? Who made you died? Made you God? And do, this is how the devil comes and do and we run. Who made the devil God? And you will never be promoted. Your life will never be good. Your life will always be in the dumps. Says who? Who died and made him God? How can he prophesy over you and then say, okay, I guess this is how it's going to be. You and your spaghetti legs. Why? Why? Why does the devil have the authority to determine the way your life should? I don't get it. Goliath comes and says, if you kill me, who made him commander of both Philistine army and Israeli army? Who made him commander to determine who wins? But you know what? Saul, oh great king Saul, said, okay. And he could not even go and fight the guy. It's like, what's wrong with you, Saul? David comes. Okay, I'll take him out. Everybody say, you small boy, what do you know? David said, I killed a lion. I killed a bear. I can take him out. It's very easy. I can take him out. Saul was going to put all this armor on him. He said, I haven't tried it. I don't need that. We'll take, God will we'll, we'll take this one out. So he goes there. In 1 Samuel 17, 43, the Philistine Goliath sees him. And Goliath is so mad at him. He says... Unto David, am I a dog that you come to me with staffs? And the Philistine, look, cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the fowls of the air and to the... Da, 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 da. He's cursing him, cursing him. Then look at what David said. Then said David to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. Now look, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Verse 46, I love. Then he says, this day, everybody say this day. Uh -huh, that is the one we're looking for. This day, this day will the Lord deliver you into my hand. So now he's using his words. It's always a war of words. He says, that one has cursed him. Words, your words are containers. That one was a container for curses coming in the spirit against David. And if you let the curse lie, it will take root in your life. David returned it to sender. He said, no. He said, this day, as David, uh, Goliath said, I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the air. They're going to eat you up. I'm going to decimate you. I'm going to destroy your armies. And David is looking at this thing. This thing, big, huge, big for nothing. We call them big for nothing. Because he's looked behind him and he sees that he doesn't have the covenant. If you don't have the covenant, you can be big, but you are big for nothing. So he says, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will smite you. See now, he's describing what's going to happen. I will take your head from you. I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines. And now he's using his words to, to, to put together a beautiful picture of victory and the decimation of the enemy. So return to sender. So you reverse curses with your words. And then you land your blows with your words. 
In the realm of the spirit, words are like containers. Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The Bible says in the power of the tongue, there's death and life. You can speak death unto the enemy and you can speak life to your situation. That's warfare. The Bible says those that have children, and it is, but it's the second part, it says, they will speak with the enemies at the gates. You stand there and you say, Satan, are you crazy? Do you know whose house you have come to? Now, go. Go now in the name of Jesus. I come. You reverse it. You send it back. With your words. You shape your situation. You shape your life with your words. What have we said today? There is a warfare in the heavenlies. God has determined that you will be blessed. You have asked him. He has given you the answer from the day you asked. Not 21 days later. The day you asked. But you have these forces of good and evil fighting. Evil wants you to lose. Good wants you to win. But your prayers will your continued prayers will keep it going until you get the victory. You have been determined to be the victor. However, your prayers will deliver it into your hands. Sometimes you might need to fast and pray. Not all the time, but sometimes you may. But above all, you have to use your words to determine how the battle is going to go. You don't let the devil define your life or define your victory. You define it. And then the victory will be in your hands. Did we get anything? Let's stand to our feet.